0: The Start On Demand. On- on demand. Hey, hey, it's GMAC in for Brett McGarry. Welcome to The Start On Demand. We've got lots for you today. Thanks for spending some time with us either on the air from 6 till 10 or right here on the podcast where we consolidate all the best of The Start for you one easy to listen to package just press play sit back and we'll recap the top stories of the day let's get right down to business Welcome to the day without a feeling. It is Tuesday morning on the start. Does it have a feeling today for you, Lauren McNabb? with a day without a feeling? Yeah, well, you know Mondays have a certain feeling. Wednesday is hump day. Thursday is uh, well used to be Thursday used to be bar night, right? Tristan University used to go out to the bar and go to uh, go to university a little hungover on Friday and then hit the beer bash at Tache, and then it was the weekend.
1: N- no
2: oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming I knew it was I coming too I TFJ set him up a little bit A hard no from Tristan Jones I-, I mean Jones. I
1: certainly did go to the bar during university But uh, this is going to surprise you It was after one of our politics classes And we sat in a nearby bar near the UFW And contemplated about the world And that sort of thing
2: well, That's a student who took his his uh, career in university seriously, Greg.
0: Yeah, I wonder how seriously he took high school. We're talking graduations today, so we'll get your input on that in a little bit. TFJ, Tristan will be back at six thirty with global news. Uh, graduation, a very unusual year to say the least, to be graduating from kindergarten, from junior high to high school, high school to uh, whatever's next in your life. And, of course, convocations, graduation from university, Lorraine. People are getting ripped off.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I've been driving through... different parts of Winnipeg and different small towns in Manitoba over the past few weeks. And there's all sorts of signs, as there often is right at this time of year, like congratulations class of 2020 or uh, shout outs to the grads. And it must feel pretty weird because it really is such a big deal. I mean, whether it's kindergarten or grade 12, which which I think, you know, grade 12 is really the one where you look forward to it and dresses might have been purchased and tuxes might have been rented or suits bought or, you know, plans were made. and, And so now here you are trying to figure out how to best celebrate this chapter in your life and so we'll talk grads throughout the day and we'd love to hear from listeners if they have things that their kids are doing or, or their towns are doing or their communities are doing uh, we're going to talk to a grade 12 student who they're they're doing a, a sort of a drive-through Greg I, I can't wait to get more details but basically a drive-through grad so they can at least be acknowledged and clap and celebrate but man you won't have that walking across the stage in most cases, uh, unless you're in a really small school or class. You're not going to have that whole toss the cap in the air. I mean, you can by yourself with your parents, <laughs> but it's not the same feeling. You're not going to have that prom. And uh, if the movies teach us anything, you're not going to have that coordinated prom dance, which all Hollywood films seem <laughs> to have. So it's it's unusual. Yeah, well, without
0: question. And prom, as they call it in the United States, and I've been doing my research on this since last night, the difference between prom and grad, and you have junior prom, and, and so it's a formal dance. But prom, as we see it in the movies, typically is that senior prom, right? Your last blowout, it is sort of the equivalent of Canada's graduation celebration, that formal celebration that you may have had uh, back in the day, or or maybe it was just last year for you, depending on of course your age, but we'll talk about those different kind of celebrations and having coffee talking. We'll talk about your favorite movie that involves a graduation or prom and and it doesn't have to be based on it just has to make an appearance in the movie right, Loren? We, we weren't being too uh, stringent on the rules about which kind of movie or which movie in particular you could use.
2: Just needs a prom or grad scene, which is harder than you think. There's so many great movies about high school, the trials and tribulations of high school, and then you go looking And you realize that that was just a dance scene or there is no dance scene or, you know, but, but yeah, the rule is give us your favorite movie about high school that just happens to have a grad scene or prom scene or other in it.
0: It was, uh, quite the weekend for crime, shifting gears dramatically here. I just went from first to third gear, skip second altogether. Uh, I, I think you can do that on some trucks and cars, uh, back in the day, but, uh, Boy, oh boy, uh, it was a uh, old style uh, weekend. It seems as though when summer comes, so does the, the the crime the crime wave, shall we call
2: it? Well, we for sure sometimes when when we see warmer temperatures, that's you know sometimes crimes are crimes of opportunity, and so the weather can lend itself to that in summer. So for sure, when it's warmer, we do see a bit of that. And over the weekend, it was a pretty great weekend in Winnipeg and parts of southern Manitoba. And so yeah, boy, we um, the police blotter, as they used to call it, with the <laughs> running tally or list of things that went on, I think it was nine separate stabbings in a really violent weekend. So we'll share a bit more about that. It's just uh, after the commercial break.
0: And at uh, 6.37, this will get some people riled up. We did touch on this a little bit last week week we had a conversation about uh, people in British Columbia being less than welcoming to visitors from Alberta as COVID-19 continues and those uh, restrictions, travel restrictions being eased here in Manitoba, at least uh, between Western provinces and the territories in Northwest Ontario, but people in British Columbia, none too happy, not all of them, but some of them not too happy last week to see license plates from Alberta. Well, now we're hearing about United States license plates in Banff and other tourist locations around uh north around Canada pardon me because different parts of North America have different rules and it involves traveling from the lower 48 to Alaska
2: so they can cross if they say they're they're heading home so to speak or heading to Alaska. Technically, is that is that what we think the rule is?
0: That's that's the word that we're getting. So they're they're calling it the Alaska exception, not necessarily formally, but that's the that's the terminology that's being used right now. So we'll explore that a little bit more and uh, get your feedback. because we've also had text messages from you at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight of license plates from from other states and provinces. So uh, are we are we turning a little bit suspicious? Mm,
2: you know. Yeah, a little bit. I suppose they, it does feel like it stands out. I, I don't have any issue right now when I see them from other provinces, it, depending on the province. So I feel like I have this real wet Western love going on. And so I get there's some people that are coming and going, but, uh, I might be, if I saw it from Quebec or Ontario, it might stand out for me a bit more, but the states for sure. I think you'll, if you start to see some Minnesota plates, Michigan plates, uh, that kind of thing, you, you, you might have your suspicions about what's going on. They're not all going to Alaska.
0: Greg Mackling, Tristan Field-Jones, Jeffrey Forche, Kelly Moore, and Loren McNabb having coffee. How many of us are actually having coffee? No one here, no one there. Yes. No, one? Kelly yep. Moore? Yeah, okay, good. Yep. Two out of five's not bad. We'll take that. Absolutely. We're talking about... Your favorite grad grad or prom-focused or at least somewhat featured movies. We're celebrating the graduating classes of 2020 today on CJOB. Of course, a unique year in history to be marking scholastic achievements, to be sure. And uh, so why don't we uh, start with Jeff Forche, since he probably graduated from high school uh, the least amount of time ago amongst this group anyway. That's true.
1: I did. Um... Well, I was going to
0: pick a clip, but uh, my comedy is a little raunchy, but uh, I can play...
1: (laughs) And his name is John Cena! John
0: John Cena, C-Star, isn't it? I'm talking about Blockers. It's uh, about the three girls who have a pact to
3: lose their virginity on prom nights, And the three parents are... uh, Trying to block
0: them. <laughs> wow, Jeff Forche uh, sliding in quite comfortably into a couch potatoes roll there. That was well defined. Well done. Yeah, it stars out, uh, well, John Cena, Leslie Mann, and Ike Baronholtz I believe his name is Leslie yeah, par- Mann. Anything with Leslie oh, yeah, Mann she's is good. great. She's fantastic. Okay, we've had text messages and I uh, had one email on blockers. So uh, good choice, Forche. Not that you need my approval. TFJ?
1: Well, uh, I'm. I'll be honest, in terms of the prom movie, that's not exactly the genre that I would watch, but there is one of my all-time favorite movies where prom is an absolutely essential part of the plot. It's very well known, and I'll play a clip here. See if you can identify it based off of this clip. All right, uh, all right this is uh, this is an oldie. Ooh. But uh I got it. Well, yeah. It's an oldie where I come from. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway.
4: All right, guys, uh, listen to the blues riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay?
1: I think we all know that that's from the prom scene in Back to the Future, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Was, uh,
0: was it Under the Sea? Was that the... Mm-hmm. Yes, that was the
1: theme, the correct? <laughs> Enchantment Under the Sea, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just, I love this little section here at the end where he goes a little crazy on, on the guitar and...
4: I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. <laughs> think your kids are gonna love it.
1: Anyway, so <laughs> it's a great movie. That'd be that'd be my favorite, I guess, prom scene, if you will.
0: Uh, Loren, we got an email from the Rakowski family, and that was their choice: was Back to the Future. What what about yours?
2: Well, I have to be honest. I I had to go double checking a bunch of my favorite high school classics because there wasn't a grad scene. So someone texted about Dazed and Confused. That's a great movie, but we were trying to find movies that have a grad scene in it. And I don't think Dazed and Confused does. It ends on the last day of school and then it's all about kickstarting the summer and celebrating all the different things that go into high school life. I'll allow it. So it's still a good movie. Do not get me wrong. I also loved Can't Buy Me Love, but there's no grad scene in that. There was a dance where they do, uh, they have a dance, but I don't think it was grad, and so I had to go with this film, Greg.
1: Hey, hey, what's this I see? I thought this was a party. Let's dance!
2: <laughs> Foot loose! the whole point is you just gotta dance and so that's the final scene and I love it it made me laugh so hard watching it this morning because it's just they're dancing so hard and it's so choreographed and I don't know if I've ever seen a dance like that but it's a great that's a great movie
0: it is a great movie and um, the music is is also very good you can't have a good dance scene without a good song although if I never hear this song again I, I would be quite fine with it
1: yeah agreed yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah.
0: Okay, so if anybody's recognizing the pattern of how we are uh, doing this uh, segment, it's uh, youngest to oldest. We'll skip me and we'll go to Kelly Moore. Oh, thanks <laughs> a lot.
3: My semester in high school. Josie Geller, you
5: enrolled Friday. You are looking yes. at the newest undercover reporter for the Chicago Sun Times. <laughs> You're kidding,
3: right? Josie, do you remember high school? Josie! 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 (laughs) So,
6: you were a geek. Big deal. You get to be 17 again.
3: (laughs) I know it's never going to win any Oscar awards, but it's just fun, and Drew Barrymore is great and never been kissed. And it also has a baseball theme. To Go along with the grab dance, so yeah, that, it, it has everything,
0: yeah. That that gives it uh, extra marks. Uh, from me, uh, Carrie, how come none of you guys picked Carrie? Like, I well, was
3: I, thinking about that, but so was uh, I. But I thought yeah. it was a little early in the morning for Carrie,
0: yeah. Well, we're not watching it, we're just no, talking then, about it. It's a bit well, grim. You'd, <laughs> you'd have to have that scene mm-hmm. where she gets covered, though, and then, yeah, yeah no. Okay. Well, lots of our listeners are liking Carrie. I'll tell you what mine is a little bit later this morning. Oh, come on. Tell us now. We're out of time. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Ooh. Yes. That's a great movie. That's my Definitely.
3: favorite. Yeah. I was going to go with Grease, but I thought that would really date me. Yeah, uh,
0: You were there, weren't you, Kel? Greg Mackling, Loren McNabb with you. Brett McGarry's on holidays, so it's Mackling and McNabb through till Thursday. And then Kathy Kennedy slides in for Loren on Friday as musical chairs begins as summer may not be, uh, you know, exactly here in terms of the calendar, but in terms of temperatures, it certainly is. And graduation season is upon us. We'll be talking about graduation and the classes of 2020. And, Loren, we were talking earlier about the graduation slash prom movies that people like. Holy crow, what a list we have here. Have you been uh, keeping track of somebody's, uh, some people's favorites?
2: Yeah. And Carrie came up a few times after Kelly mentioned that. And I, and yes, it has a great final scene in it. A little grim for the day. We talked about footloose. That's been our favorite. Dazed and confused. But Napoleon dynamite mm-hmm. has actually been mentioned by several of our listeners this morning as a really great choice of uh, grad movies or movies that have a grad or prom scene in it. And so, yeah, Daniel, we, uh, our listener Daniel texting about the Poland dynamite, and he's not the only one.
0: No, we've had that a bunch of times. American graffiti, mm-hmm. at least once to Sir with Love. Uh, Somebody saying porkies. Uh, I've seen porkies. I don't remember the graduation, but uh, we'll go with that. 204 780 6868, if you'd like to get in on that or any other topics we're discussing, including to start this hour, the wind. What is up with the wind? It seems like a goofy question living in Manitoba, but...
2: No, it's not goofy because it feels like if you haven't said that at least once over the past few days or weeks, or if you haven't heard that at least once, then you must be living in the only non-windy part of Manitoba if that's even a thing because the wind as far as many people that I spoke to are concerned it's something's different this year and and we started this conversation yesterday after we talked about you know that crazy storm that moves through Calgary and that had us talking about the wind we've seen in Winnipeg and southern Manitoba northern Manitoba this time of year and uh, after we started talking about this yesterday Greg you spotted a tweet from Rob's Ob's account he's a Meteorologist or former meteorologist. He actually had many years with Environment Canada and he's also a weather observer, you know, one of those folks that provides data for volunteer systems to help collect what's going on across the province. And so he tweeted out yesterday that over the past 30 days, the average wind speed in Winnipeg has been 21.4 kilometers per hour, which according to his number is the highest average wind speed in winnipeg for this period so from mid-may to mid-june this is the highest average wind speed we've seen in 30 years so you're not crazy there's something going on and we wanted to figure out what so for more we're joined by danny blair who is the co-director for the prairie climate center and professor of geography at the uow good morning danny good morning so simple question are are we seeing more wind or higher wind speeds these days
3: well, we would certainly have to trust Rob. Rob is a great uh, meteorologist, former meteorologist, uh, been observing the weather for a long time around here. So if he he says it's windier than it has been in this area, then it really has been. But uh, people are talking about it. That's for sure. People have noticed it. Uh, story. My mom lives in Regina. I'm originally from Regina, and I talked I talked to her every other day. And she's been talking about the wind for weeks and weeks and weeks. It was kind of driving me crazy that she was talking about the wind. Then my my nephew from Regina called me and said, Unc- Uncle Danny, you know, what's going on with the wind? And now people around here are talking about it. The prairies, uh, it seems, have been windier than normal for uh, maybe a few months.
0: So, Danny, what is it with regard to weather that creates wind? If we were examining uh, weather maps, what we would we be looking for and what is it that uh, actually influences the direction and the strength of those winds?
3: Yeah, so let's, let's ask the question what causes the wind? The wind is caused by a pressure gradient, a difference in the pressure at the surface um in one area compared to another area nature doesn't like things to be unevenly distributed nature likes randomness right over time everything will be randomly distributed unless you work against it so if there's a high pressure system over here and a low pressure system over here nature says let's move the air from the high to the low to try to even things out and so that suggests that we've had um more high pressure and low pressure situations than normal and then that begs the question why and as a climatologist, I always tell my students, if you want to know what causes the highs and lows, and therefore the wind at the surface, you have to look up. Our wind, our wind systems, our pressure systems are caused by what's in the upper atmosphere, by the jet stream, the all-important jet stream. And when the jet stream is really strong, and especially when the jet stream is really wavy as well, you're going to have big highs and lows at the system. And so when I, I looked at the data of the upper atmosphere for the last while, and uh, it, there's a situation uh, for, oh, Well, let me go back, what causes the jet stream to be strong and wavy, and that is temperature differences in the atmosphere. And so over the last 90 days or so, it's been cooler than normal north of us and warmer than normal south of us, and that causes a jet stream. So it, it seems that the energy in the upper atmosphere is stronger than normal, and that's translating to stronger than normal winds at the surface, that's a convoluted uh, explanation there, but uh, the jet stream. The jet stream causes our weather.
2: It all comes down to the jet stream then. So if, if we know why there's more wind and it's because of that wavy jet stream mm-hmm. that you mentioned that we've been seeing this year, then then when does it end? Or is this something we're yeah. going to see for the foreseeable future?
3: Yeah, that's, that's the million-dollar question, right? I, I can't imagine that it would persist for a really long time, um, you know, eventually things will even out. The temperature patterns will go kind of go back to normal, perhaps. But there is no nor- normal anymore because of climate change, of course. And, uh, you, Lauren, you sent me a, a link to a paper that says that the world is getting windier. And so I took a look at that, and they suggest that the world's getting windier as a whole because of ocean temperature patterns playing around with the temperature patterns around the world in addition to climate change. And so... Um, As is almost always the case, the oceans have a lot to say about what the weather is going to be like around the world. The oceans are so large and have so much energy within them and any deviations from normal in the ocean and you're going to see it everywhere.
0: Our guest has been Danny Blair, co-director for the Prairie Climate Centre and professor of geography at the U of W. Danny, thanks for this. We appreciate your insight. Uh, It was probably uh, uh, a relief for people to hear uh, an explanation on this and that it's not all in our mind. Yes, it's windier (laughs) than it's supposed to be. Thank you for this. Hey, you're welcome, Bye. Take care. I'm Mackling, she's McNabb. It's Mackling and McNabb with you all through till Thursday. Kathy Kennedy slides in for Loren on a Friday. Brett's on holidays. Brett will be back on Monday. Got it clear? All right. Clear as graduation plans are for some. Oh, by the way, really quickly here. Question of the day for Mr. Furness. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace 204 832 243 we were asking, uh, according to a new poll, Canadians are becoming less COVID careful. Which of the following measures have you been doing less of lately? And almost 30% of you admitted to wearing a mask less when out in public. So you can go to cjob.com and continue to vote on that question of the day. Several options for you. And, Loren, of course, COVID-19 is what's causing all these issues, these changes to traditional Rites of passage, known as graduation. They might have the dress, they might have the suit or the tux, but when it comes to the grad, the prom that walks across the stage, thousands of grade 12 students don't really have a place to go, at least not the dance or ceremony they had originally planned.
2: Right. As you say, Greg, because of COVID, you can't have an indoor gathering with more than 25 people, no outdoor gathering with more than 50 people. But we have been hearing from some listeners this morning on schools that are getting really creative in order to help their students celebrate. Teo Capitano is graduating this year. And while there has been a massive change in plans, Seven Oaks Met School has come up with a pretty unique plan. Good morning, Teo.
6: Hi, how are you?
2: well we're good thanks for taking the time for being with us and actually i should clear this up do i say met school or met school what 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 does it stand for what's your school all about
6: um so it's seven oaks met school and it doesn't it's not an acronym it doesn't exactly stand for anything but it means metropolitan school
7: it's just shortened
2: thank you for clearing that up i wasn't sure as i brought you on uh, if i had that right so appreciate it teo been a pretty unusual year uh, how are you feeling? What have the past few months been like as you tried to finish up grade 12 and then come to ter- terms with the idea that you won't be celebrating with your classmates as you had originally planned? What's, what's your thought process through this?
6: Um, yeah, this past uh, few months have been pretty unique. And especially the teachers of our, at our school, they've really given it their all to still give us the high school experience that we've all wanted. So we've all stayed connected. And with technology nowadays, it hasn't been too difficult through online calls and and these kinds of things but um it definitely was a bit of a letdown to kind of miss out on that last kind of senior experience that grade 12 experience but once again the teachers and especially at our school um, I can speak for have done everything they can to still give us that that last kind of final hurrah that that we've that we've been wanting.
0: And you're, and you're certainly uh, deserving of that, Tao. So uh, it's wonderful to hear that the school's been working with you. And of course, the, the teachers have been working so hard down this stretch this last three months or so, uh, making sure that uh, that that students are up to speed on what they need to know and making sure they're, they're doing their homework, completing assignments. But as we get down to the grad, what are you guys going to be doing?
6: So we're actually doing a drive-by grad. So the way this basically works is uh, you pull up in front of our school and they're going to have a stage there and everything with uh, a red carpet. And so you drive up and you get out of your vehicle and they play a song for you and you have your family and everyone supporting you across the street, socially distanced, and they get to clap and cheer for you. And you pause at the red carpet, you get your photo taken with your teacher and this kind of stuff. Um, And then you end up getting your diploma, um, a gift bag, and then we make our way to KP and we all take some photos together and and we call it a day. And then until then, we're waiting until we can do a dinner and dance until that's an option um, with the social distance rules and stuff like that.
2: So the original plan was for you to have this all happen uh, on Friday. In terms of pre-COVID, Friday was going to be your grad. Regardless, you guys are still right. sticking with Friday, and and are you are you going to still get dressed up and have your tux and suit? I have to tell you, like maybe a little teary thinking about the idea of the effort that's gone into this. Are you looking forward to it? Are you still have that excitement, Teo?
6: Oh, absolutely! I'm I'm very excited. Um, yeah. So we're all still dressing up. We're going in. In the classic grad attire, I have my own suit that I went and picked out and everything. And so we still have that opportunity to see everyone in our graduating class that one last time and still still have that opportunity to kind of have that last get together. Um, So I'm still very excited. I think it's still going to be great. Maybe it's not what we plan to have, but I think the teachers and staff have put a lot of work into coming up with something this creative and, and I really, really appreciate the time that they spent to create something like this for us.
0: Teo Capitano is graduating from Seven Oaks uh, Met School. So well-spoken. Great to make your acquaintance, Teo, and we'll have to catch up with you in the fall when you, when you have your dinner and dance. Thanks for this, and best of luck uh, in your future endeavors.
6: No problem. Thank you,
0: guys. For the last several hours, two and a half of them to be specific, we've been talking about graduations, Loren McNabb, and the idea that 2020 is a decidedly different year for those moving on in their lives, whether it's uh, from kindergarten or nursery school to kindergarten, kindergarten to grade one. uh, You guys seem to be a graduation for every step of life right now. Uh, Of course, uh, junior high to high school, but the big one, of course, high school. We spoke to a high school student uh, just about uh, an hour ago about uh, their plans at his school.
2: And it was super cool. I was really impressed to hear what they were doing. This is Seven Oaks Met School. I believe it's on Jefferson. And on Friday, they were supposed to have their ground like so many Manitobans. And they're not having that happen. They're, they're, instead, they're doing this drive through ceremony, which is really cool. The car will pull up. There'll be a red carpet. They get to go on the carpet, cross the stage. Parents will be set up across the street or family members or loved ones. So they still get to see that moment and be part of the moment. And then they move on. So there's some real cool things happening there. And then, of course, um, in just a few minutes time, in about 10 minutes time, we're going to talk to a grade five student who's not a graduation, but moving on to a new school and all Mm -hmm. these things that you get to say goodbye to. You don't get to say goodbye to right now because of COVID. And so we want to get to to know how she's feeling uh, about the past few months and the next few days as school winds down. And of course, uh, what's to come in the fall, Greg?
0: Yeah. And yesterday we told you that uh, June is a Brain Injury Awareness Month. It's also ALS Awareness Month. We'll talk about that in the final hour of our program. But we start this half hour with this. For almost two decades, Winnipeggers have been anxiously awaiting the redevelopment of some extremely valuable land in Tuxedo. Last month, we told you about a website which was launched to let the public see what the future will hold for the old Capyong Barracks land on Keniston Boulevard here in Winnipeg.
2: The site, website that is, is treaty1.ca slash capyong. And if you go onto that website, you get the timeline, the history, the design aspects of the project. And of course, you can get that link to help you out with the webinar that's being scheduled for tomorrow, June 17th at 7 p.m. And that's a chance for people to ask more questions. And we're hearing hundreds of people have signed up to participate because they either want to hear what's being said or they have questions of their own. So joining us to talk about the project and answer some of our questions, Greg, is Waylon Sutherland, Chief Executive Officer of Treaty One Development Corporation. Good morning.
8: Good morning. Good morning. So happy thanks to for, be
2: here. Well, thanks for being with us, Waylon. And, and of course, Chris Elke, Vice President Real Estate at Canada Lands Company. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Waylon, I'll start with you. When it comes to what we can expect for this webinar tomorrow, what are some of the details people are looking for? Because the interest is immense. Is, is it true that there are a 100 signed up?
8: Well, the last count, I think we have close to 900, maybe uh, closer to a thousand. And we're just going to get an update uh, a little bit later on this morning. But I want to acknowledge our Treaty One Territory, and I want to acknowledge our our seven Treaty One First Nations um, for actually taking this forward for us. And and like tomorrow is it's, exci- it's going to be an exciting time, and we're looking at creating opportunities and jobs and stimulating the economy.
0: Wayland, in this time where we're increasingly becoming aware of the things that divide us, this project in my mind has an opportunity to, to really bridge some gaps uh, in our community, uh, the gaps between Indigenous peoples and non-Indigenous peoples, uh, to close a gap, a, a giant one with regard to the fabric of the physical uh, geography of Winnipeg, that land's been sitting there so valuable and, and vacant for as I mentioned almost two decades now so this project has some in incredible symbolism, if you like, but it could lead to some genuine uh, benefit for for the entire community, for the entire province. Fair to say?
8: Exactly. I mean, it's you know we're looking at seamless integration. I mean, our partnership with CLC and uh, just the experience from our team, um, you know, is, is tremendous. There's over a hundred uh, urban economic development zones throughout Canada. There's two within the city of Winnipeg, so. It's 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 an amazing opportunity.
2: Wanna to get to Chris here now because you just mentioned your partnership with Canada Lands Company. Chris Elke, Vice President Real Estate at Canada Lands. What what is the big thing you want to get out tomorrow for folks who have such a wide interest in this? Nine hundred people signed up. That says a lot, Chris, about what they are looking for when it comes to getting some of their questions answered.
7: Sure, I think the big thing is really just to encourage people to sign up um, to, to listen to the presentation. Um, and if they don't have time to do that, to go to the website to, to, to find out what's happening with the land. Um, yeah, we're, we're really excited. This is an important milestone in the project and in the partnership. And we're really looking forward to, uh, to addressing uh, project elements tomorrow night uh, through the webinar.
0: Chris, I've seen some of these developments over the years uh, across Canada, this redevelopment of what was previously uh, national defense property. and uh, it's been very impressive the the reimagination either uh, or conversion of of existing housing. But in this case, you've got a little bit of a blank slate in in really, in what is in the middle of one of the most uh, densely uh, driven. Portions of Winnipeg, uh, Route 90, we just got a text message here from one of our listeners. There's a moving truck blocking the right lane on Route 90 between Court and Grant. That's southbound. That's going to be causing all sorts of issues. So a lot of people looking at that piece of property as an opportunity to widen that thoroughfare. But I know Canada Lands has some very specific visions and things they'd like to see there.
7: Certainly. We're bringing experience um, of 25 years. We're actually celebrating our 25th year this year. Um, and in fact, most of the sites, the large sites that we have developed started as a blank slate. And so the importance of that, that experience and the way that we engage with communities to inform the, uh, the, the, the results of those plans is really important to this process.
2: Well, and there's so many people who've been watching with such interest to see what will come from the site uh, in the weeks, months, years ahead. And, and you know, it's worth reminding people it has been a years-long, decades-long conversation. After tomorrow night's webinar, what comes next in the process here?
8: Well, it's still planned, planned, planned. I mean, we're, we're obviously, um, you know, we're having this webinar for a reason. We want feedback from our, our not just our community members, but members, our community in general. And from that feedback, you know, it's going to determine our, our planning process. So it's plan, plan, plan. I mean, our goal is to develop long-lasting, sustainable projects, stimulate the economy, and create opportunities for all.
0: Waylon, I've had a lot of people ask me, uh, you know, with the designation of a part of this land as an urban reserve, what does that mean and what does that look like? And there is consternation from members of the public. You know that. That's not news yep. to you. So so how do you how do you calm those uh, concerns uh, for people who who maybe uh, might be imagining one thing when what you're planning to deliver is completely different?
8: Well, the biggest thing we're battling is misinformation. And so what we're doing right now, and that's why I got to commend our communication team. Uh, our team in general, we've got a very strong team. And They're building up our communications so that uh, people can visit our website. We're having this webinar tomorrow. We have a Treaty One Nation newsletter that goes out. We've been on the radio um, um, numerous times to inform people. So it's getting the proper information out there and and giving people the ability to provide feedback. And that's how we're going to battle misinformation.
2: It's a great idea, and it's a great way to get uh, things—the conversation—to continue in a positive way. Before we let you guys go, I I just want to follow up, Will, and on that thought, because this really is with a win-win-win-win for everybody, as long as we're all looking at it and working on it together, which is what tomorrow night is about.
8: It is, and uh, you know, I I must say, like in in August of 2021, we celebrate 150 years since the signing of Treaty One at Lower Fort Garry, in the spirit of peace and coexistence. So our intention, again, is to work with the community. We want to stimulate the economy. We want to create jobs. And we want to, we want to be able to, um, like you said, win, win, win for everyone involved.
0: Chris, uh, before we let you go and we wrap up this part of the discussion, because it's years uh, of discussions to come yet, uh, what have you learned throughout this process in your coordination and your conversation uh, with Waylon and his group at Treaty 1 Development?
7: I think we've learned uh, just the, the incredible opportunity that Capion presents to to CLC, to the Treaty One First Nations, and to the City of Winnipeg, um, uh, and and uh, that it's been um, it's been long overdue to move this forward, and we're excited to to be part of doing that.
0: Well, we appreciate you taking some time with us this morning to outline things. Good luck tomorrow night. Uh, we will definitely be checking in to, to learn what was learned, what was said, the concerns and the excitement around this project. Wayland Sutherland, Chief Executive Officer, Treaty 1 Development Corporation. Thank you, sir.
8: Thank you very much.
0: Chris Elke, Vice President, Real Estate at Canada Lands Company. Thank you. Thank you. You know, the last day of school, uh, for me, I can remember my last day of high school all too well. It's so long ago. Uh, But I also know that things have changed over the years, Loren, where you're celebrating your move from junior high into high school. I guess we did that in grade nine. We had a great celebration, but also from middle school into junior high.
2: Yeah, and that's what we want to talk about right now because there's all these sort of just different special moments that kids aren't getting to have. There's no uh field trips that you might enjoy. You know, those last days where you got to watch movies with your friends or have a dance or a party and there's no saying goodbye or cleaning out your locker or any of that going on right now. And we want to welcome on Liz Thompson, who is in grade five at the Cole That's within the St. James division, and she's moving on to a new school in the fall, which means she doesn't get to say goodbye to her old one because of COVID. Good morning, Liz. Hi. Well, thanks for coming on with us. We would like to know what's life been like at you for home? What's life been like at home for the past few months? Uh, how's school been going with mom and dad?
5: Well, pretty good. I've been doing a lot of school work on Seesaw and it's we are basically just doing a lot of French work every day and well, it's been pretty good ever since it's happened.
0: Liz, why don't you tell our, our listeners who maybe have never heard of Seesaw what that is?
5: Well, Seesaw is basically like a learning program that teachers and students can use. The teachers basically post work on there, and then the students have to edit it and complete it properly. And if it's not completed properly, it gets sent pa- back so you can try it again.
2: Aha,
0: there's yep. the back and forth, the up and down, the yin the yang.
2: It's a great little app, uh, Greg, because you can see what they're doing. You can see what other kids are doing. You get some feedback, which is great. But it's still not the same. What are you missing the most, Liz, about school?
5: Well, I'm mainly missing the the all the students because I had some really good friends at that school, and I won't really be able to see them again since this is over. And I also had really nice teachers too. I'll never get to see them again.
0: Well, you know, it's always nice to thank the teachers for the job that they've done. So let's look ahead uh, when you move into your new school in the fall. And of course, that's uh, (laughs) provided things go according to plan. Tell us, what are you looking forward to as you move on to grade six? It's a big step from one school to the next.
5: Well, I'm really looking forward for going to Nest since it's a humongous school And I've never seen anything like it. (laughs) Also, you get to speak French, like, all the time. You only get to speak English in English classes or at free time or something like that. But, yeah, it looks really interesting. There's a whole ton of different rooms, too. Like, there's cooking classes, sewing classes, and it looks really interesting.
2: Oh, it sounds fabulous. Are you a little bit nervous at all? Because normally at this time of year, you might get to maybe go do a tour of the new school or talk a bit about teachers about what you can expect, but you're not getting those opportunities. Are, are you missing out on that, or do you think you'll still get to do a tour or meet some teachers before classes resume, if they resume, Liz?
5: Uh, I probably might, because I don't think they would just welcome students into a completely new school and then say... This is your teacher
0: without even meeting the teacher at first. Well, Liz, it's a terrific opportunity to meet you and to speak with you this morning. Thanks for this. Good luck in grade six. And uh, hopefully you get to have a little bit of a celebration to mark your move from one school to the next. Uh, Thank you for your time no problem all right Liz Thompson anybody who's concerned about the future of our society and civilization you just need to talk to some young people they're they're incredible
2: she's amazing Uh, and that's of course she's the daughter of one of our colleagues and as you're talking and saying that Greg I'm Firing up this email with this subject line. Um, your kid is amazing. I mean, <laughs> listen, when you can when you can speak like that and speak eloquently and still have some hope, that's what this is all about, right? It's been challenging. She's missed her friends. Lots of people are missing out on really major rites of passages this time of year. But there's hope. There's things that are coming down the pipe, there's things to look forward to. And uh she sounds like she's got the whole onward and upward mentality going on.
0: And grade eight students yelling at me right now. Mackling, it's not talk to, it's speak with. You're correct. It Speak With. <laughs> Who's that, your kids? Did yeah, your yeah. kids just correct Just you? texting me. <laughs> so we were talking about logistics and, and the weather temperature earlier this morning. Loren, Brett McGarry also on holidays. So I'd been working at home. Loren's been working at home. Jeff Braun's been at home. Of course, Kelly Moore is at home. Tristan is in the radio station. So we have a weather station that measures the temperature on the roof here at CJOB, but because... Three of the four of us, I'm ta- speaking of Jeff Braun, Brett McGarry, myself, and Loren, have been working from home. Brett has been using the Environment Canada weather. Well, today we had a little bit of a mix-up. Tristan was using the weather station, and Loren and I were using Environment Canada as our reference point for the current temperature in Loren. It was about a five-degree difference between the airport and Polo Park.
2: Yeah, at one point we, I think I said it was 15 and uh, Tristan had it at 20. So that happens from time to time. It, it always depends on which, uh, where you look, right? I mean, uh, Environment Canada is our, is our trusted source so often, but we also want to provide right to the moment information, which is why we have our own, um, Monitor at the station, right? Because right, right. you're giving the Polo Park temperature. And then, of course, there's the Forks temperature. And my gosh, you can go a few miles or kilometers outside of the perimeter and have a whole different day all together bottom line gonna be hot today greg
0: yeah for sure and i had another uh tete a tete if you like i don't like to do that with listeners but this individual was really pushing my buttons this morning via email and calling the question our weather forecast and uh, why do you guys are why are you always wrong well, well predicting the weather is isn't an exact science it has never been they do their best Uh, but we have had a forecast for the last several days of a possibility or a chance of showers. One of those days was yesterday, I believe. Well, lo and behold, we didn't get any rain here in Winnipeg. Uh, There was threat of it at different times, but there was a thunderstorm north and east of Winnipeg that showed up on the radar. I could see it from my back deck in North Kildonan, but we didn't get any effects of it. And sure enough, just got a text message from one of our listeners. Pinawa Bay yesterday afternoon got 46 millimeters. That's almost two inches of rain in 30 minutes. Ditches are full. The garden is happy. So just because we're not seeing it in Winnipeg, we have listeners all over southern Manitoba, North Dakota, into South Dakota some days. That's why Environment Canada's weather is very broad in scope. We do our best. That's all we can do, McNabb
2: that's all we can do. And we're going to continue to do our best to give you some information. We talked yesterday about it being brain injury awareness month and, and all the work that goes into making people know and figure out whether they have something going on, uh, that they've done to their brain that might be impacting other parts of their body. And so that was fascinating conversation. And now we want to turn it to a, a different, uh, organization. That's also trying to create awareness because June is ALS Awareness Month. And on the phone with us now is Diana Rasmussen, who is the Executive Director and the Client Services Coordinator for ALS Society of Manitoba. Good morning, Diana.
4: Good morning. How are you this morning?
2: We're well, thank you. And thanks for taking the time to be with us. Um, I, One of my favorite uncles in the world uh, lived with ALS before passing away. And so when I first heard his diagnosis years ago, uh, I wasn't sure what we were facing and what his family is facing and what we were going to see. And so for our listeners who may not understand or, or know about ALS, can you just tell us a bit about how it presents and, and what it, it can do to a body?
4: Uh, certainly. And, and it's a pleasure to be here with you both. Um, first of all, um, ALS is a devastating diagnosis to, to receive and, uh, Uh, For those that aren't aware, this disease takes away the people's ability to walk, talk, and eventually breathe. and, And that's the short story. There is no cure for ALS. Um, it's terminal uh, with a lifespan of only about two to five years after diagnosis. Some do live a little bit longer depending on the type of ALS, uh, but um, most people unfortunately um, do succumb to this disease in a much shorter period of time and that could be anywhere from uh, a year to a year and a half and sometimes even less than that.
0: So, Diana, some people may know ALS as Lou Gehrig's disease, correct?
4: Right. Yeah, absolutely, yes.
0: So that was uh, for a long time. That was uh, the reference point for many people. And I always use that example. And, Diana, great to connect with you. It's been too long since I've seen you. Uh, the, the ALS and how it strikes people, it seems to strike strong people in, in just in a mysterious way. Lou Gehrig, his nickname when he played baseball was the Iron Horse he had the consecutive games played record in Major League Baseball. This was the athlete that Lou Gehrig was. And to see him struck down with disease uh, of any sort was overwhelming. But for him to be struck down with something so debilitating, something that affected him so quickly, just uh, just magnifies and exemplifies what a challenge this uh, this disease
4: is and and you know that's so true um in the uh, it, it's interesting because in the CFL across the country over uh, the last oh, I'm maybe 10 years now we've seen about seven different people come with down with ALS so you know we we look at people um who are athletes uh who work out um who work in different industries, um, and you know, we start to say, why these people? And, and honestly, we really don't know. We don't know what causes it. Um, there's been lots of speculation about the environment, Uh, There was a study that was done in Italy where people who were soccer players, um, many of a soccer team uh, came down, I think there was about 15 of them at one point, who came down with ALS and nobody could figure it out and they thought maybe it was something to do with the turf that uh, they were using, Um, it was grass that was sprayed with chemicals and things like that, but we have really no idea and so... um, Uh, The research goes on and this month, uh, being ALS Awareness Month, we have a webinar today uh, which is on uh, actually the uh, different kinds of clinical trials that are out there uh, and currently underway uh, and that looking promising um, about uh, uh, maybe some treatment or a cure for ALS. Um, But it's going to take a long time and so, you know, we don't want people thinking that it's going to happen tomorrow. Um, but this month is so important for us um, because we're not only trying to educate people about what ALS is, um, but we're having our virtual walk uh, this coming Sunday uh, on Global Awareness Day. And uh, w- we've had to change it to virtual because normally we would be at Assiniboine Park on uh, Father's Day, or June the 21st. Um, but we're doing a, a virtual walk and um, we have people who are coming on board with teams. I think we have like 56 teams now. Uh, And it's a walk to end ALS. And uh, that's one of the reasons that we have to do it virtually is because of COVID-19, which has changed life uh, dramatically for many not-for-profits, including ourselves. And we have to look at the way we do events and do them differently.
2: I'm so happy to hear that's going ahead, Diana, because we know that these kinds of walks are so crucial for fundraising, for creating awareness, for getting money to go towards research, and and to hear that all this is happening along with the research that you mentioned is so heartwarming, because I know for many family members of people who are living with ALS or uh, have passed from it, they have that question about, well, what about me? Is it hereditary? Are there all these other questions that we don't know the answers to yet? And there's much yet to be done with this.
4: Uh, And that's so true. There are many different forms, one of which, uh, Lorraine, you just mentioned, uh, is a hereditary form um, and people need to be genetically tested. So, you know, we've got webinars coming up on genetic testing. Um, we try to make sure that people are aware, you know, what kind of journey they're on. And, um, you know, our, our tagline this year is ALS doesn't stop and neither will we. And that's the main thing that, that we want people to understand um, is that, uh this is a disease that we don't know how long people will live for and so we as the ALS society need to make sure that the services continue and that's why it's important to do as much virtual fundraising as we possibly can, which is extremely difficult at times, but we have made a decision we're going to do the very best and we're going to continue to offer services like our equipment program, uh, our ALS house, which is in St. James for, and is full and has a waiting list, and um, uh, the client services going out to the community, uh, still wearing our PPE like everybody else, Um, our support groups, um, our specialty programs for breathing bags and tube feeding and uh, helping uh, children um, of of parents that are very young, uh, and also our BOOST program, which is a nutrition program. So we're still trying to operate all of these programs and more uh, to make sure that people have a good quality of life while
0: they're still with us Diana was so proud to to be involved in your organization uh, at least uh, at different events over the years and i i I know that uh the numbers seem to go up every single year. We had a golf tournament or the gala dinner, and the number off the top of my head was typically between six and seven hundred manitobans living with a l s what's the number in twenty twenty
4: uh, actually that number is not quite correct. Uh, there's 3000 people in Canada and numbers are rising that are living at any given time. Um, the number in Manitoba is uh, just over 400 living with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease or motor neuron disease. So, uh, I just want to make sure that people are, know that number. Um, and sorry to correct you, Greg, no, but no, I that... to make sure that that was corrected. Um, but it really is important that people do know that, you know, uh, a vast uh, number of our clients, um, you know, they're, they're not just scattered, uh, not just in one place in Winnipeg. They're scattered all over Manitoba. So when we go out to see them, they're in Western Manitoba, Churchill, they're in Southern Manitoba, Arborg. they're everywhere. And uh, and so when people call us and say, we, we need help, how do we do this? Or I live on a farm. Uh, Can somebody come in because I can't get in? The expectation is how can we help? And we try to figure out ways, uh, and that's why our client services coordinator, of which I'm one and my colleague, uh, the other one, there's only two of us, we make the effort to go out and see people living in their own homes to see how they are living and what we can do to help them during this period of time make life better and, if necessary, take out equipment with us And then if we need more equipment, get it sent out to them.
0: Well, I'm glad that I misremembered that number. The number is still far too high. The website, really quick, Diana, before we let you go. Yes,
4: uh, www.alsmb.ca, and people can still register, still donate. We do need your help out there, and this Sunday is Global Awareness Day for ALS and also ALS Awareness Day generally for the whole month. But ALS Awareness goes on all year, year after year after year.
0: Diana Rasmussen, Executive Director, Client Services Coordinator, ALS Society Manitoba. Thanks as always, Diana. Keep up the incredible work.
4: Thank you, and thank you so much for having me.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think,